problem was is that I was training to have a good swing and yeah. not to be a hitter. And we need to train to be hitters. Guys, you players listening, it's your career. You know, what, what you do this summer is going to impact you down the road. So, you know, I think your job as a coach is to get him not where you want him to go or to produce how you want him to produce, but to get him where he wants to go. You know, you can have all these coaches holding you accountable, but at the end of the day, you have to put in the work. And I think you have to take a look in the mirror and reevaluate what you've done in the past and what you need to do now moving forward. Know what your player needs. Come up with that developmental plan of how we're going to get you better and stick to that. Fellas, fellas, fellas. Welcome back to the Farm System Podcast, your home for baseball development. We're here for you, by you, and with you. I'm your co-host, Joey Cunha. And I'm Bo Callis. This podcast is designed for coaches, players, scouts, really anyone looking to further their development in the game of baseball. Here at the Farm System, we take pride in being lifelong learners, and we are here to be a bridge from where you are to where you're going. We'd like to welcome back our veteran listeners. We're happy to grow with you again. And we'd also like to welcome back our first-time listeners, the rookies. Don't worry, every vet was once a rookie. So on this episode, we got a special one for you. A lot of applicable things that you guys can add for your program. Me and Bo are going to dive into summer. What does summer do? What are we supposed to be doing during summer? Or, or even more specifically, the off-season. What are ways we can get better? What are ways, you know, as coaches, things that we can uh, make applicable to our program, our cultures, and things like that. And also, too, we dive into some some player thoughts, some different perspectives that we had as when we were players and how we've changed over time. So a lot of information here for you, and we're excited to give it to you. Pull up a seat, grab your notepad. Here's Garth and Harold. Welcome back to the Farm System Podcast. Me and Bo are sitting down. We're talking about summer and what it could be used for. So, uh, you know, Bo, why don't we first start out with, you know, what did you use summer for when you were younger? Um, and then maybe kind of get into how your your mindset has changed or how baseball has kind of changed. And, you know, we're going to go from there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all um, a developmental process. You know, when I was young, a little bit immature mentally and physically, I thought that, you know, the way to get better is to play more games. and you know, but basically before high school, I traveled, I did the whole circuit showcases, all that stuff. And um, about my sophomore year in high school, I said, this isn't making me better. And so I, I took a step back and kind of began to realize that I should probably play less and start to develop the things that I need to develop to get scouted. You know, I'm, I'm dumping all these monies, all this money into showcases that nobody even knows my name, first of all. And I'm not prepared enough. So when they do know my name, I'm getting marked off. And so the the biggest thing I realized was I need to start developing myself, which I know you you went through a similar process. And, and now coaching, it's like a complete 180. I mean, you it's like it's like anything else. You have to have a good foundation. I don't know. What's what's your opinion and, and what kind of process did you go through? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I kind of came up a little bit different with uh, more of an academy setting. You know, I, I, I think it's hard because during the summer, obviously, from a co- uh, college coach's perspective, you don't have your players. Well, majority of them don't have their players, right, unless they're 
going with them. A lot of coaches coach summer ball teams or, you know, sometimes they have players play with them. Some coaches are just out recruiting. Some coaches just send players away with a workout routine or some, you know, some key points they want them to work on, or maybe they send them to a league where they want them to get better. But I mean, I just think there's so many layers to this. So when I was coming up, I also had this mindset that was when baseball started to pick up base. You know, when I got into high school, baseball was finally offered year round. I was playing baseball year round. I was playing a whole bunch of games. Um, do I think you can get better by playing baseball games? Absolutely. I mean, there's the, that thing called baseball IQ, um, you know, being a baseball player, you know, being in similar situations, understanding the pressure, understanding how to deal with, you know, the game on the line. Some it's also, I think it's good to play on some different teams, um, some teams are going to be the superhero. Some teams are going to be, you know, just a um, support support actor, um, an extra, right? So I think you need, you know, I think it's good to play on those things. But at the same time, as you're talking to, is a big a big thing that I think is going around right now is, um, especially as a high school coach right now, is there's a lot of players that I would say if you spun it to a business perspective, and then the, if you were the product, that the player was the product. I think that there's a lot of players that are diving a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot into marketing and trying to promote themselves. Um, and parents are really diving and promote promoting. You got social media. You have all these things that are like, as my JUCO coach used to say, look at me, look at me. Um, but I don't think we're doing as great as a job as we could be at developing and using that offseason and using that summer to really come back the next year and be a different animal. But I mean, is, is that something that you see, Bo? Is that something you see? I know, you know, you're around you know a lot of players, you know, a lot of players, you know, a lot of coaches. What's your perspective on, you know, the coaches and, you know, some of the the players and things that you're seeing right now? Yeah. I mean, I think you hit it right on the head. It's more of a, a marketing, a product instead of really shaping that product, you know, and I think as coaches and as um, baseball people, we are kind of at fault as well. Um, you know, we're kind of in, in the era of academies and, you know, travel ball and, and, you know, we, we promote these area code games and then where we miss the boat is those area code guys are elite level talent. You know, those guys that are going to the USA and, and the NTIS and back in carry, I mean, that's just next level talent. You know, it's like um, these academies, they promote these young kids that aren't necessarily ready to be promoted. So it's 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 kind of a double-edged sword for the players because they, they, they don't know. They're just kind of following the steps. Um, but at the same time, I think these academies that are developing kids and funneling them to these high-level programs, they, they have a good balance of development and showcase, which, um, you know, the, the Utah Baseball Academy here does a good job of that. Um, you know, we had Goose Kalunki on, and, 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 and they do a good job of development. I just think there needs to be a shift away from – you know, play all these games and and less focus on development where it should be the other way around, in my opinion. You know, if you're if you're going to promote a product as a business owner, I mean, I think you're going to hope that or make sure that product's fine tuned where um, a lot of these people necessarily aren't. So I think a lot of it's education um, to these to these younger players, which which I don't know. I think it's kind of sad because it really does start from a young age. You know, you, you see these young travel ball circuits and that's all they're doing is traveling and playing games. So when they get to high school and they're ready to be developed, they don't really know any other way. I, I don't know what you, how you would combat that. What do you think? Well, I mean, 
I think you made a good point there. And I think that's a different layer to this as well is what to do at what point. Yeah. So, I mean, when you're young, I mean, as, as you and I both know, we played at high levels, but at the same time, there's a lot of people that will never get to that level. So, mm-hmm. but you kind of, have a, you know, there's a different perspective there is would more players get to that level if they train differently or they thought about it differently or they progressed and had a progression plan or had a developmental plan that was different when they were younger? Because I also, I, I also see this aspect. I'm going to coach much more fathers, brothers, et cetera, than I'm going to coach D1 athletes and guys that are getting drafted. Mm-hmm. So with that perspective, you know, some players just want to play and have fun. And I get that, you know, and I, I do, I do. I really do get that. Um, and I think playing the game is fun. And I also think I'm a big fan of kids being multi-sport athletes when they're younger. Mm-hmm. And when I'm going to emphasize when they're younger, once I think more now than ever, the opportunity cost of playing multi-sports once you get to high school I think is very detrimental. Now, again, every case is different. Every player is different. That's not true for everybody. Some guys might be best for them, again, for their arm and whatever, to go play another sport when they're in high school, maybe two sport. But mm-hmm. more than ever, just like you said, there's these elite guys that are doing elite things, right? And, and success leaves clues, and I get that. You know, when someone's, you know, you see these elite athletes, you want to mimic what they're doing. And so sometimes the problem though, is we only see stuff at, sur- at, you know, at surface level, right? We only see this athlete like, oh, you know, this guy's playing a lot of games, but we also don't see his nutrition. We also don't see him in the gym in the morning. We also don't see him in running sprints. We also don't see this 10 years before that, that he was not playing a hundred games and mm-hmm. he was not playing 90 games and he was not playing 50 games. And maybe he was only playing his, you know, high school season. And then we rolled in the summer and maybe he was playing maybe another, you know, 10, you know, to 20 games, maybe throughout the entire summer, maybe he was only playing a game a week. And really he was working on, you know, putting 15 pounds on. Um, also too, I think the developmental plan has to be different from year to year. You know, maybe this year, hey, we need to put 20 pounds on. Maybe next year, hey, you you might need to go play, you know, 40 games this summer, you know. But, and maybe you need to get some, you know, you're, you've changed your swing and now you just need some ABs. I get that too. But, um, again, there's just so many levels to this. Is that I think more than ever, just like you said, guys want to promote Guys are going to showcases. Showcases are different than games. I know that they play games at showcases, but they're not competitive. It's mm-hmm. more, let me get in. Let me show you what I got. I'm going to swing as hard as I can. I'm going to throw as hard as I can. I'm going to get some exit low. I'm going to show you some mile per hour. I'm going to show you some high spin rate. You know, I'm going to throw this curveball as hard as I can, and I'm going to try to get you know someone to look at me. It's not, you know, we're trying to win the game, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, in a sense, different tournaments are different. I get that. But in majority, I'm just talking about in majority in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you – let me ask you this, Bo. Let's say um, – I don't want to say your kid. I'm just going to say if you could have an ideal plan from a kid from birth all the way up, what would that look like? And you know, obviously in general. Yeah. I mean I think 
I think something to consider is the skill set naturally. But the only way to really gauge that is to have them play games. You know, when they're young, you, I think you just have them play games. You know, they, they have to develop a natural love for the game. You know, I think I think up until maybe, you know, 12, 13, maybe 14, um, you, you let them play and you kind of develop on your own. I mean, you're not going to do a ton of strength stuff. However, I, I think you do do uh, biomechanical movements, maybe just without weights. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I think it's important to have movements down, you know, as far as squatting, deadlifting, all that stuff. I still think you should have them do form stuff just because when you get to the big leagues, you know, well, not the big leagues, but to them, the big leagues, when they're when they're lifting with seniors, I think having a good foundation is crucial to developing strength. So, you know, in that in that puberty area, probably 14 to whenever they graduate you start developing their strength. And I think that's where a lot of kids miss is because they try to put on weight late. And, you know, now you're a junior or a senior and you have a hard time catching up to those guys that have been developing since they're 14 or 15. You know, obviously in there, I think the games during the summer should decrease and the development should increase as far as your strength and your physical size. And high school? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously you still need to play summer ball. I'm not taking that away. I mean, you know, I played summer ball in college. I think it's you still need to get your reps in. But for me, the hand-eye coordination of hitting a baseball should be developed before you're a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. So I think that's when you really strengthen your muscles, strengthen the things that need to happen to, to, to deliver the barrel and get your body in efficient positions. You know, obviously that's different. If you If you have a football player that's, not playing baseball until he's a freshman in high school or sophomore in high school, then yeah, you're probably going to have him play as many games as he can. And then, you know, when you get to college, I think it's more of a fill thing. You know, I think we always would argue about this with, with some of our guys in Sterling, you know, I felt like I didn't need to hit for a month. Other guys felt like if they weren't getting 300 swings in a day, then they weren't prepared. So mm-hmm. I think by that point, you kind of know what, what allows you to be successful, but I still think you need to get ABs during the summer. You know, even if it's not as competitive, I think you still need to see pitches coming at you, whether it's live BP, whatever it is. And then, I mean, a lot of you guys know how it is playing at high levels like like we did, Joey. It's it's demanding on your body, man. I mean, you're mm-hmm. you're you're practicing, you know, the whole fall. You're playing the whole spring, and then sometimes you just your body can't take it. Which, I mean, our injuries. Who who knows what our injuries were from? I'd like to think it wasn't from overuse, but who knows? I don't know. What do, what do you think if you had, I don't want to say your son because it's hard to say, but what, what, what would your plan look like from a young age till, till they were done playing? Well, I mean, I think you did pretty well. Um, you know, obviously a lot of it is we're talking kind of like science fiction here, obviously of not, not that the evidence is fiction, but more uh, it's, it's all situational. You know, so we're just saying, you know, in general, what I would, I think, I think multi-sport, one thing I think I failed at, and it's not my mom's fault. I freaking love baseball, dude. I wanted to play baseball year round. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, I think playing baseball, you know, again, there might be a love like with me. I think one thing that I kind of wish my parents would have done, and I love them for letting me play baseball year round because I loved it. Um, But I think, you know, maybe only let me play baseball two out of my three sports, you know, 
maybe two of the seasons. I mean, two out of my three seasons, maybe I played baseball because I loved it so much. That's fine. You mm-hmm. know, but I think that I should have been uh, kind of in a certain way, not saying that I should have been forced to play a sport I didn't want to play, but I, I should have played something different. Yeah. You know, it let it be. Um, I also had an interest in football. Uh, my mom didn't want me to play football because my two brothers had serious injuries when they played mm-hmm. football. So, I, I mean, I understand that too. And sometimes that's the ups and downs, but I, I wish I would have played something different. Um, yeah. You know, when I was real young, when I was real young, I mean, I played basketball. I played, I mean, I, I guess I played soccer until I was about 13, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. About 13. Um, but um, it was more, I, it wasn't, I was a goalie, you know, yeah. um, I was a really good goalie. I'd, I like to dive and, you know, like stuff. I wasn't like, you know, good footwork or anything crazy like that. So anyways, okay. So back to your question. Let's get, let's get back to business here. (laughs) Um, If I could, I think that they should play a minimum of two sports um, in general. I think it'd be good for kids to play a minimum of two sports like scheduled sports. I think I still think that they should be able to go out and play, you know, again, pick up football, pick up, you know, maybe they play in some church league or something like that. Great, Mm -hmm. great, great, great. We need to get out play more basketball, you know, you know, again, not, you don't have to be in the league, right? Go play, go play basketball on the weekends, go ride your bike, go do, you know, go climb hills, go do all these other things. Okay. Um, once we get to there's that dynamic as well of how many games we play per year when you are playing baseball, cause there is these, you know, these crazy nuts that are playing, you know, 50 games and 70 days or something like that. You know, like I've seen that stuff happen at a young age. I think that's a- aggressive. very aggressive on the arm, on the body, on everything. I just think it's aggressive. They're growing. They need more, you know, that's also a time it's okay for them to sleep in and do some other things and put some weight on, you know? Um, one thing I will say is that when they're younger, um, nutrition, I think is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think so much, just like you said, you teach them the movements and you do these other things, but I don't think so much in the weight room, but you know, band work, right? We can start doing some stability. We can start doing some, you know, them balancing, doing some skill acquisition. I saw, you know, this one guy um, on Twitter that I follow. um, I think what he's called. um, I forgot what he's, something daddy. He's something, something daddy. And in any any case, he like teaches his kids. He has an extra room in his house and he sets up these crazy tasks. Like they have to like kick a soccer ball off three walls and it has to land in a bin. I love that. Like that, that's some cool stuff. Like he sets up a problem of the day, as I would call it, sets up a problem, has the kids, you know, work on it as long as they want. Like they kick it off two walls and try to kick over a water bottle. That's dope. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's, that's smart. I like that. Um, things like that, you know, having intelligent, you know, uh, kind of like with basic movements of, uh, mm-hmm. push, pull, weighted, carry, um, push, pull, weighted, carry, um, press, um, I'm spacing right now off the top of my head. Um, but in any case, um, I think I think that and then once you get into high school, um, I think it's time to practice. I mean I mean specialize. Mm-hmm. So specialize in whatever sport that I think that you want to play, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, once we specialize, it's very important, I think, especially freshman, sophomore year, putting on weight and mm-hmm. gaining a lot of strength. Junior year, I think it will go back and forth from player to player. You don't yeah. know. Some guys might still need to put on weight, um, and some guys might need to lose weight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and some guys might need to play more baseball games there. Maybe they're a little bit more advanced, and they just need to play baseball games. 
your season before your senior year, I think it's the same way. Some guys need to go play some games. Might be time to go out and do some showcases if you haven't picked up at that point. Same thing junior year. Maybe it's time to go play some showcases um, if you have something to showcase. But a lot of guys are out there trying to showcase something they don't have. Like I just said, one thing with our team, you know, like personally, like let's say out here in Brighton, I think I think one thing is is it's it's a culture thing, right? Um, as a team, I think so much time has been put into let me go show my kid off. Everybody wants to have the all-star kid, right? I mean, I get that. Well, you know, I don't even have a kid yet. I want my kid to be an all-star. Of course, I get that. But at the same time, there's a lot of work that needs to be put in rather than all this money that you're spending on showcases. I mean, you could be getting with a trainer. I don't, I don't care if the parents go and have someone them work with someone other than me. That's mm-hmm. fine. No problem. Yeah. Um, but one thing I don't like, and I will say this uh, publicly, is I don't like when guys are missing team events, I don't mm-hmm. like that. I don't, I don't like that. Again, even if it's, if you're going to go work with a trainer, work with a trainer when we don't have practice, mm-hmm. right? Schedule a trainer when we don't have practice, schedule an extra weight session when you don't have practice, schedule games, make games when you don't have practice or you don't not, not necessarily practice, but I don't like when guys miss team games for summer games with other teams. Yeah. You know, like if it's a team event, I think you should be there because, you know, don't be wrong. You could definitely get picked up from summer games. I get that. But I think more than ever, you know, you, you, you don't want to miss, there's only a short amount of time. Um, Your, your high school games are really important to me. And again, every situation is different. And if you don't have a dedicated coach, you don't have a dedicated team and you don't have these other things, you know, again, I get it. Every situation is different, but you know, what's your take on that? You know, do you think, you know, guys should be, you know, missing games there? Do you think, you know, it's, you know, situational? I mean, do you have a different perspective on that or what do you think? I think it's um, completely situational. Like you mentioned, Um, I think a lot of that's just the culture from the environment of the team. You know, I played at a couple of different high schools and, me, I always took pride in being a good teammate. And what players don't realize is I think scouts can tell when you have that kind of environment and, that, and you carry that kind of persona. You know, I think you're you're developing a lot more as a leader and as a teammate than you potentially could be at these showcases that you're not getting better at. You know, obviously, if you're if you're an elite talent and you know, you have a showcase that you have a good chance of signing at, then sure, you know, I think every coach would tell you to do that. But as far as things you can control, I definitely think you should work your schedule around to be with your team because that's your team. That's who you're going to play with. Those are the guys that, you know, we, we can all say what we want. How many guys have been picked up by going to watch Bryce Harper or going to watch Chris Bryant or going to watch all these guys? Um, and then people get signed by accident, right? So mm. the better your team is as a whole, the better chance you're going to have getting picked up. Um, mm. You know, if your team isn't practicing, if you're never around the guys and then you all show up in the fall, well, I don't think you're going to be very good. Once again, though, I think that kind of goes back to culture, which is kind of different than what we're talking about. But I, I do think the best teams, especially here in the state of Utah, um, generally most of their guys are there playing in the summer. For sure. Yeah. 
Well, and then I, I think it breeds that, right? Like I was talking about this with somebody the other day. If your team is that good, I don't want to miss – like the opportunity cost of you not being there is big. Like aren't you're trying to get in the lineup, mm-hmm. you know? Like like let's say – let's say again we have Crawford on a couple weeks ago, and I had no idea. I, I honestly have no clue what their summer looks like, right? Yeah. But with that also being said, I'm just thinking as a player, right? I'm, I'm, let's, say, let's say Cottonwood's situation right now. I'm looking at Cottonwood's situation going, they got a lot of young guys that are really good, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm a young guy in that town, I'm like, I'm not missing. If, if, if I have an opportunity to be around the coaches and I have yeah. an opportunity to make an impression and to show them what I can do, especially if I didn't get a lot of playing time the year before. Absolutely. Right. Um, or if I'm an upperclassman over there and I see all these young guys and they're all going and I'm out doing other things and I'm like, dude, one of these, I could come back and one of these dudes is going to take my spot. And Cottonwood's one of those places where, you know, they have a good, they have a culture that they're going to win, right? They're going to play the best guys. Right. Mm -hmm. So you don't, you know, they're, you're not entitled. I also don't like that mindset that you're entitled to play because you're an upperclassman. Mm-hmm. like that you got to earn your spot every year if you didn't bring it if you didn't get better within the last four years yes you've dedicated a lot of things to our program yes you've you've you know you've committed but at the same time as well your job as as a senior isn't always to be the superstar right mm-hmm. your your job is to be a leader and you yep. can lead without being on the field you don't need to be on the field to be a leader mm-hmm. so with that being said like i think that that breeds in the culture thing is when people aren't worried about, oh, the next year, like, oh, yeah, I'm playing. 100% I'm playing. Like, I'm one of the best players on the team, blah, 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 blah. I don't need to be there. I think that that's one of the things is, is, is when you have nobody challenging your spot, it's not such a pressure. You know, yeah. like, oh, it's okay. Um, and, too, I mean, obviously, it's, they're only doing what they know. That's, it's always been that way. You know, it's always been okay to go and do these other things. It's always been okay to go and play for these other teams. And I've been on other teams, you know, you know, obviously junior college, a lot of things like that, or, you know, there's a lot of other situations where that's, I, I can understand that. And, mm-hmm. but, 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 but the big, but there is just like you said, is there's a big issue when, with culture, when all these players, like, you know, when everybody's missing practice, when mm-hmm. everybody's going to showcases, when nobody's ever there. Right. And then all of a sudden you guys get into games and we're playing, and this is another dynamic to it we're playing other teams that you're going to play throughout the year. Right. And mm-hmm. people have get impressions off of you. Like when they play you during the summer and you kick the crap out of them, they're like, dude, Brighton or whatever school you are, those guys are going to be legit next year. Yeah. So then when they go to play you it like, again, it's just like if you play cottonwood and they kick your butt, if they kick your butt during the summer, they kick your butt during the fall. When you face them in the spring, you, you kind of already know what to expect. You're like, dude, these guys are you're like, you're kind of on your, on your heels a little bit. If you know what I'm saying? Like if you, if they smashed you. Mm-hmm. So, and it's the complete opposite if you don't, right? If you got all these guys going to showcases, you got all these guys not showing up to practice. You got all these guys that are not buying into the nutrition plan, the strength plan, whatever. You come back the next year, you're almost the exact same team you were the year before. Yeah. Well, if the other team has been developed, you know, like, let's say this. Brighton already. So what are we? Today's date is 26th. So Brighton already with the really, I would say, nine or so committed guys 
that are going to for varsity and JV. I mean, we have, we have some young guys coming up that are going to be on JV next year, but I'm just saying with that foundational group within nine guys, we've almost gained almost 40 pounds already. Nice. Right. And mm-hmm. that's, and we're only in the 26th, right? Mm-hmm. Um, strength wise, I haven't, we haven't done an assessment, you know, as of yet a lot of, again, we, we were, I was building a lot of foundational strength. We'll kind of see where they are towards the end of the summer or maybe, maybe mid summer here, maybe here in a couple of weeks, we'll do uh we'll do some type of strength test. I'm not a big fan of maxing at their age. They're just so yeah. young. I just, I'm, I'm, and I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of they're, they're, they're still building a lot of foundational form things. I'm, I don't like maxing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do when you're older, I yeah. max, I max all the time. I, I, I max all the time, but the young guys, I, I get really scared of injury. Um, especially with some of these multi-joint movements, I could see it if like, maybe you were maxing like, you know, biceps or something, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> something like a individual muscle. But when you're doing like a multi-joint, you know, deadlift squat, you know, even bench, like bench uses a lot of muscles, mm-hmm. a lot of muscles, not just, you know, that people are just like, Oh, it's just your chest. No, it's, you know, you got triceps, you got your shoulders, you got your core, you got, you know, and especially too your back when you're pressing away from you, if you actually do it correctly, how much back it takes. Mm-hmm. So like you could do a lot of things, you could strain and hurt yourself in a lot of ways. Now, don't get me wrong. It also is a great benefit. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I actually kind of like, um, and it's actually different from back in the day. I, when we're out of season, I don't mind bench pressing with a bar, uh, with a barbell. Now I don't make, I don't make guys do it, mm-hmm. but we throw a lot less. We're not as, you know, we're not throwing every day in practice. There's, there's days we go to practice. We don't throw a baseball, mm-hmm. right? So I don't mind bench pressing with a barbell, you know, during summer. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think there's different demands on, on the shoulder and different demands that on, on baseball player. I don't mind doing it, especially, um, especially too. We're not, in, we're not in there doing 90% of yeah. our max or something crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're doing sets of, we're, we're more doing, uh, hypertrophy sets of maybe, you know, uh, upper, just upper range stuff. So I would say somewhere in the range of, I try to keep everything, you know, seven to 10 ish. Right. So we're, we're, we're trying to get some volume work in. So with that being said, with that being said, I just think it's going back to my original point is summer. If you're going against the team that is doing that the year before you could kick our butt during the summer. I don't, Mm -hmm. I, I really don't, I don't, I I've mentioned multiple times. I will lose every fall game. And I will lose every summer game to win every spring game. Yep. I don't care. Oh, it's, it's about development. It's about us getting better at those games. Those, those games don't really count. Yeah. There's a playoff. Yeah. There's other things, but I don't care about being the summer champion, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? Like, yeah. Okay, great. You're the summer champion, but that's not what we're trying to do. And, and, and originally too, um, on top of all of that, I don't really even care about winning. Yeah. Would I do would I like to win the state championship? Yes, of course. But with that also being said, my job as a high school coach is not to win state championships. That's not my job. Mm-hmm. My job, my job is to develop these men and first off, develop them as men and second off, get them to where they want to get. And that's not always baseball. That's mm-hmm. things in their lives. That's, that's them, you know, going, getting into certain schools academically. That's, um, you know, that's whatever their dreams may be. Maybe it's going on their mission here in Utah. That's great. And preparing them mentally to be able to go through some of the things that they're going to have to go through in the, um, and, you know, especially to some of the people that have never traveled outside of Utah. Mm-hmm. So I don't really take that upon me of, 
my job is always, I don't care if, you know, kind of like what Crawford said, that one line he said, winning will never change or losing. Winning or losing will never change my expectations for the team. Yep. If we win the state championship, but we did it, we did it like with not the character that I like or not the, you know, the things that I think that's going to benefit them most in their lives or the dreams that they're trying to achieve, then that championship doesn't really mean much to me. If I, I tell the guys all the time, like what if we went and played a 12U team or a 14U team and we smashed them, would you guys feel good about yourselves when you went home? Like we won, right? We won the championship. Would you feel great? No, I think, I think the great thing about a championship is overcoming, you know, in odds that you don't think that you could, you know, bear and, and getting better and having to win, you know, do something that you couldn't previously do. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, in either case, I think that's kind of that, that, that mold of that. I think, like you said, with the, with the culture side now um, let's say from a developmental side, what are things in the summer? If we're, we're if we're focused getting in depth here, if we're focused on getting better in the summer, what does that consist of? If you were, if you had a guy that needed to get better um, let's say away from games, what does that look like to you? Um, are we talking baseball related or strength or, or all around? Yeah, I think holistically, like holistically, if you were like, okay, Hey, we're going to develop this summer. We're not going to play a lot of games. What would you guys be doing other than that? This is my personal experience. Cause I was at that point. I had to make some serious adjustments my junior year. A lot of it was explosive movements for me. I, I I did get in the weight room. I started to do more um, of those compound movements you're talking about, and and I I needed to loosen up my muscles and my ligaments, my joints to allow myself to get into the proper positions um, mechanically in my swing. And I think a lot of people miss that correlation, and a lot of young players don't understand that those explosive and loose movements will translate to those movements in your swing. So if you're tight as a hitter, you probably need to change a lot of things you're doing physically in the weight room. Now, once you're loose, I did a lot, a lot of non-swinging drills, um, like a lot of the stuff you post on, on Twitter, you know, a lot of PVC, a lot of weighted ball tosses from hitting like, a, a, what are they called? The, balls? the plyo balls, med oh, balls. Yeah. I, did, I did a lot of medicine ball work. A lot of sprints, just a lot of uphill sprints, sled pushes. You know, I did a lot of band work, both for my arm and my swing. And I, I don't know, you might not agree with this. CrossFit, I do CrossFit lifting in the mornings, and I do mm-hmm. strength lifting in the evenings. Mm-hmm. Um, some people might say that's overkill. But for me, the functional, the functional training of a lot of those CrossFit movements just really loosened up my body. I'm not going to go tell somebody to go snatch squat, you know, 225 if if you're not strong enough. So I'm not telling anybody to go do that. But a lot of those functional training movements are so transferable across board, um, which I think that's why we talked about playing multiple sports growing up, because a lot of those movements you need in the game of baseball, you're not necessarily going to get from swinging a bat. So I agree. Um, Basically training in various ways, you know, if, if, if what you've done in the past isn't working for you right now, you probably need to do something different. So um, without going into super detail, that was kind of mine. Um, I do more explosive movements in the morning 
you know, obviously I'd get my daily routine and swing in the bat and then strength, strength and, and conditioning at night. Now, what people don't know about me was I weighed about 140 pounds my sophomore mm-hmm. year and I ate 10,000 calories a day for about 45 days and I put on 28 pounds in a month and a half because, you know, <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting looked at by all these big schools and they're all telling me you're undersized, you know, you, you have good movements, but you're, you can't, you're not strong enough. And so I, my dad had me eating 10,000 calories a day for about two months and I put on 30 <laughs> pounds. Not, yeah. That's not healthy. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not telling you guys to do that, but if you think you can't put on weight, I promise you, you can. You can. Yeah, I, I, I will agree with that. Yeah. So, so, and that's what I, one thing I tell the guys too is like, okay. So it's something I wanted to comment there and, and kind of was, you talked about doing workouts to loosen you up, right? Yeah. Which was a feel for you, right? You felt as if, you know, you do these functional movements, it loosened you up, right? And some guys need to do the opposite. Some of those guys that are, you know, there's, there's a guy, this is the thing. There's guys that are 120 pounds. I got a guy that's 115 pounds and he is stiff, stiff. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. I got a, then I got guys that are 200 pounds and loose, loose mm-hmm. movers, you know? So I don't, I don't, you know, necessarily, again, it's different from, you know, player to player. And that's why it's so important to have somebody that can give you some advice and, and do some of these. And then I, I, I get, this is why um, a lot of these parents are, you know, again, are going to these specialty guys. I think it's great. Go to the, go mm-hmm. to the outside instructors. Um, if anything, yeah. include uh, your coach with the outside instructors. And if you're a high school coach and you're, you know, you're against your guys moving out, you know, to go into other places. Uh, I think that's just foolish. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, we all would like 50 assistant coaches to help us do everything that we could do. You know, mm-hmm. if this guy could be teaching outfield while I'm doing hitting, while this guy's teaching infield, while this teach- dude's teaching pitching, while this mm-hmm. guy's doing social media for us, that why this guy is, you know, and promoting all of our players and why this guy is doing, you know, making sure again, just having a team, full of guys to help us coach, like let, let them be an accessory to your staff. Don't let them be like some of these, some, I, I know some high school coaches that are, you know, if you go work with anybody else, they have to, they have to go there. Some of the top facilities in the country that they have to lie and they have to tell the guy, Hey, don't post me on your social media. Cause my coach will freak out. That's insane. That's nuts. Yeah. That's nuts. Because look, at the end of the day, I can't do everything. As a coach, I can't do everything, especially in a summer program. It, yeah. You know, like I'm unequipped to do all the things that every person needs. Now mm-hmm. I can do my best. I can do in general. I can I can try to, you know, guys ask questions. I can give them individual advice. Um, I'm, I, I will say that I'm pretty dedicated as, as a coach of um, how much time I spend on our players and how much things I do for them. But at the same time, I know there's a lot of coaches that, that are probably doing a lot less that have a lot less time than I do. Yeah. So use them as an accessory. So, so in any case, um, communicate, um, again, if, and also too, if you're a facility out there on the opposite side, you also got to understand what the coach is trying to achieve. So if you've never worked in a coach setting, especially like a high school coach or a college coach setting and understanding the dynamics of culture and understanding, you know, what makes it so hard to individualize things and the time constraints and et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, I know some guys that have never worked in, the, in a team setting like that and they, you know, look at high school coaches or college coaches or these other guys and they, they're like, they, they want to individualize everything, but they're not in that type of setting. Yeah. So, um, 
coaches are getting better. We need to get better at individualizing. And I think they are. And also too, I think that on the opposite end, from a facility standpoint, uh, those coaches need to be better and, and instructors need to be better at understanding what the team dynamic looks like from, yeah. from that type of setting with constraints on time, with constraints on, um, you know, environment, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. Well, I think so. it's, I think it's, it needs to be a team effort and the facilitator is the player. I mean, it's like, you know, if you're going to have a medical examination or you're going to have something medically done and you go see seven different doctors, typically all the doctors need to know what, what is going on in each area you're going to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they can't give you a proper synopsis if you're all telling one guy something, this guy something, and not yeah. everybody's on the same page. And yeah. that's it's the same for player development, you know. Mm-hmm. That's great. When I was coaching at Sterling, you know, I, I told the guys, I don't know everything. And maybe something that I say doesn't click with you, but if you go hit with that guy over there, he could, it might work for you, mm-hmm. which we've talked about the queuing and everything else. But um, it's not, it's not who's right. It's what's right. And it's different for each player. So just make sure as a player, you're keeping everybody in the same loop because yeah, that, that's one thing that I did. Cause I did the travel ball circuit and I, I did the perfect, whatever everybody does. And they think they're good in high school. But um, I always kept my my coach, my high school coach in the loop because he needed to be, which I know that you've you've kind of said some stuff about Brighton. And, and I think that's important for the player to take responsibility um, in all those different aspects as well. Yeah, so good point. So one th- one thing, you know, I talked about with players this summer, obviously this being the, the sur- first summer I'm here, is I talked to them as just like, first off, if you're going to miss, and I've been pretty lenient because I also understand this with culture, you're not going to be able to snap your finger and completely change the culture. Yeah. From now on, this is no longer <laughs> acceptable. <laughs> Sometimes you can, you can do that with certain things, right? Yeah. But like, you know, you can't just, especially to, it obviously depends from player to player, but you can't just snap your fingers and say, you know what? Nobody misses any team thing ever, right? Because there's, there's gray areas. There's mm-hmm. times when guys of, you know, it, it is the summer. Like I, I, I try to, I try to intentionally practice early in the morning on days we don't have games. So guys can go out and enjoy their summer because when I was a player, I never enjoyed my summer. You mm-hmm. can't go out in the morning knowing you have practice at two o'clock and then having to stop everything you're doing, get to practice, get dressed by the time you get done with practice. And then, and get, and then guess what? The rest of your day is done. So mm-hmm. I intentionally try to practice at 10 a.m. so that or earlier so that the guys have the rest of the day go do whatever you want to do enjoy your summer you know go be a kid right Mm -hmm. so i do that intentionally but with that being said i tell our guys all the time look like someone's gonna miss something you know you're gonna miss this because you have a lesson scheduled with this guy or you're gonna do this because you have these other things going on okay so at that point you're already missing a team event. You should know that you're getting some leeway, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm being pliable. I'm, I'm bending for you, right? I'm letting you miss practice for whatever reason, right? Because I, I, you find this important. Okay. I'm not going to tell you it's not important. So in any case, I just uh, have them obviously with the understanding that saying, okay, when you miss practice, you should know it's a big deal for one, right? That's culture. Mm-hmm. Two, 
when you miss practice, it is your responsibility, just like it's your responsibility when you miss class to figure out what happened and what, you know, what we did. And also too, for you to probably go and get those reps in that you missed, mm-hmm. right? Which should be without saying should be getting done, right? You yeah. should be hitting on your own. Majority of your work should happen when you're not at practice. Mm-hmm. When you're at practice, when you're with an instructor, when, you, when you're with a coach, you're getting direction. Yeah. But when you leave there, that's when you have to do all the work. Mm-hmm. Like when I, that's what I tell people when I give them lessons, look, I'm going to give you direction. That way you're not chasing your tail for the next 20 years. Yeah. Okay. But with that being said, it is your job then to go home and practice these skills and, mm-hmm. and do the, do the, you know, drills that I'm teaching you and teach and understand, you know, have some cognitive understanding of the movement, what we're trying to accomplish and don't take my word for it. Go read. Yeah. Go study, go tell, come back and tell me. I have players all the time. Hey, I saw this video and you know, this is what I'm struggling with with this. Maybe it contradicts something I said, right? Or they think it contradicted something I said, or mm-hmm. players send me a video that they see on social media. I am mm-hmm. open to that. That's something guys, if you're a coach and you don't have social media, get it and follow your players and let them follow you. And yep. don't, don't do it to be a creep and like follow all their stuff and say, you can't do this and you can't do that. Like, I get it. Look, if the kid's being a jerk online, yeah, I get that because, you know, other coaches are looking too. But the reason I have social media is because I also, I send our players videos all the time. They send me videos. I send them videos. So if they're struggling with the video and saying, hey, I really like this drill and they send it to me, maybe I've never done the drill before. Cool. Let's do it. Or it's a drill I know. I just haven't used it. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Let's do it next practice. If that do you feel like that will help you, you know, get deeper, you know, to a ball, if that makes you more explosive, it builds more bat speed. If you want to try something, let's do it. I'm down. Right. Um, so I think that opening that window, if you try to deny that window, if you try to, you know, try to act like again, there's no information, but your information and you have a way of doing things, and this is how it's always gonna be, and you know, you're gonna contradict everybody, or if you think or if you're naive enough to think that your players aren't out looking for information, you're crazy. I don't care if you're the most knowledgeable guy in the world, the information's in front of them. They're going to go looking. The kids love baseball. They're going to go watch videos about baseball. Yep. So I think that's another thing is, you know, have social media just so that you can open that another line of communication and get in front of your players and post things. So, you know, in general, let's say, and this is a scenario again, situationally, the reason that we chose to do what we did with Brighton this summer is because we had a whole bunch of players that were undersized and didn't have a lot of strength. Mm-hmm. So my, you know, me and Andy talked, I told Andy, I said, Hey, you know, I don't want to play 105 games this summer. I'd rather us play 14. Like we're playing 14 games this summer plus playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'd rather play 14 games this summer I wish the schedule would be a little bit differently, maybe only two games a week. I'd be down for one game a week, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, you know, letting that be like a one day, you know, I, I do think they need to play. I just don't want to play as much because I would, I told, I said this, we can play 105 games. I think we get a lot less better and possibly hurt. Yep. Right. Um, then if we just go in the weight room, I want to be a completely different team next year. Mm-hmm. Do we do some things well last year? Yes, but I want to keep those things and then build where we, we, we could do a lot better. We could be a lot, we could be faster. We could be stronger. Right. And, mm-hmm. and we can be bigger. 
right? And, and, and I don't want to discount the word bigger. Bigger is important. Yes. Like putting a little bit of weight on is important. Not necessarily to, am I saying I want my guys chiseled, jacked, and freaking looking like Yassel Puig? <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Like maybe one day. Okay, great. <laughs> if I can get a guy that's 260 pounds and jacked like him, great. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, it's a, like having a little, little bit weight, a little bit of weight behind the ball is not a bad thing. Now there yeah. is a point where it gets too much. And I get that too. Yeah. But I, said, you know, I think people will get scared because they think big is like Yasiel Puig. But yes. your big is a lot different than Yasiel Puig's big. Yes. What what you're saying is strength. Yes. Right? And and also too, you know, again, we have some guys that are just skin and bones. Dude, yeah. like eat a pizza. You know, like <laughs> like eat a hamburger, bro. Like, I don't care. Like, like, like that's the, like, and I always tell them, like, that's the fun part. When you're undersized. You get to eat. Yep. Love eating. Mm-hmm. Eat, 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 eat. I don't like, you don't have to worry about like, and this is another thing. Sometimes coaches, look, I get it. We're always in the mindset like me. I got to worry about what I do eat. I don't mm-hmm. work out that much anymore. I got to worry about, I could get fat. Yeah. Your player that's 14 years old, that's skin and bones. He could probably eat an ice cream and be okay. Right. Yeah. He could probably eat a burger and be okay. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, like it's so easy nowadays with, you know, apps and all these other things. Like one thing we do, if you guys are interested in how we monitor our weight, I use them. I use the app called my plate, right? Mm-hmm. So they use my, they use my plate. They monitor all their food they eat throughout the day. It also will, you put in their exercises. It monitors your water. If you want to, it also monitors, you can put their weight. You can see how aggressive you want to be. So mm-hmm. our guys, we set them as extremely active. The reason I set them as extremely active is because they're young athletes. They got fast metabolisms for yeah. the most part. There's some guys that, you know, we, we set a little bit differently. Okay. Um, majority of my players need to gain weight. Mm-hmm. We got a young team. They're all majority freshmen and sophomores. So with that being said, you know, our goal, my goal was this summer, there's four weeks in a month. Um, I want to, at least by next spring, which I think we can do more than that. I think we can put on even more weight is I want to, I want to try to put on about a pound to a pound and a half a week. Mm-hmm. So that's a healthy margin. I mean, if you go to the science side of it, exercise science side of it and all that, the new exercise nutrition, all that things about a pound is good. Mm-hmm. Now with that being said, um, there's some people that can put on more. There's some people that can put on less on average, a pound is good. Mm-hmm. I put our guys again, aggressively a pound and a half. The reason I do that is because first off, our guys don't always get their calories in. That's number one. Number two, on top of that, um, our guys burn it quicker. So again, we could put a little extra weight on because they'll burn it. it, It's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, if my guy, you know, eats a little more fat or a little more carbs that week, that's fine. Or, Or eats too much protein and it turns into fat. It's fine because my guy can burn it. But in majority, Mm -hmm. you know, again, if this isn't an adult, right? So in any case, we, we monitor it that way. Every single night, they take screenshots of their, of their my plate with their macros on there, which is your carbs, your fats, your proteins, right? Um, I tell them we want to be in the range of 20% of what you eat should be protein, right? That's the range I try to stay in, about 20%. Um, you know, sometimes, again, some guys, maybe we go a little higher. Some guys, we go a little bit lower. Maybe they're, you know, et cetera, with how many calories that they're scheduling in their diet. Um, you put, um, and then, so I look at all that, they send that over to me. I say, Hey, you know, I hold them accountable. Hey, we need to eat more calories. You know, we need to do this. We need to do that. Also too, it breaks down how much calories they had for lunch, 
I mean, sorry, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and for snacks. So mm-hmm. that way it's also very important because if some dude is just pounding food at dinner and then going to bed, that's all going to turn the fat. So those yep. are not good calories for us. So it's not, it's not as simple as a nutrition. It's not as simple as calories in and calories out. It's not, I know it, that's a, that's a good basic start, but your body doesn't process calories in calories out. It also takes in, there's a different variable to that of when and where and how quickly, you know, et cetera. Right. So mm-hmm. if you, let's say this, let's say you don't eat any calories all day, no breakfast, no lunch, no snacks. And for dinner, you pounded 7,000 calories and went to sleep. How do you think your body's going to process that? You're going to get fat. You're going to get fat. And also too, in the morning, you're going to, you're going to put yourself into this, this, uh, starvation state as well, which again, you can argue both sides on that side. I can definitely see, you know, maybe not eating in the mornings, um, and certain for the, what's that, what's that technique called that diet called, um, the, no. the one that the rock does where he doesn't eat in the morning. Yeah. Oh, certain- intermittent, intermittent fasting. And he eats during the certain times during the day. Yes. So, but, but, but again, with that being said, it's, you, he still eats for a good portion of the day. He just doesn't eat for another big portion of the day. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's also too a fasting technique to what make you look more cut again. Yeah. It's not so much about athletics. It's yeah. more about how you look. So physique. yeah, physique is going to be a lot different normal. And this is where people get this confused too. Um, they, they actually have different nutrition classes in college. You have nutrition and then you have sports nutrition. Mm-hmm. Those are different, completely yep. different. So when I say that is sometimes these people go and look at these nutrition things up online and then all of a sudden they think they know what's going on. Oh, my son, you know, why is my son eating all this sugar? First off, you need sugar. Okay. <laughs> you need sugar, especially athletes. If you cut sugar out of their diet because you read it online, you're going to hurt them. Yep. Do not cut all of their sugar. They need every Okay. Now I won't say every, cause there's people that are trying to make money. Okay. There, if your protein shake does not have sugar in it, there's a problem. <laughs> your body uses that sugar. Okay. To help your body absorb protein. Mm-hmm. So you need sugar. If you go look at the top brands of protein and you look on the back of the ingredients, they all have sugar in them. All of them, right? One, it helps with taste because everything's without sugar suck. Okay. <laughs> And secondly, on top of that, yes, it helps you absorb the protein when you need to absorb the protein. So, so, but anyways, my plate is a great way to do that. Um, it, there's a million other apps that you can use to do the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. They send it over to me at night. Again, you guys should hear my phone, but when I go to sleep at night, right before I go to sleep, my phone's like, bing, 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 bing. My whole team just hits me with all of their things. But again, it takes me two seconds. I look at it. I look at their macros. I look at their calories in, their calories out. Maybe give them a little piece of advice, send them a funny GIF, make them laugh or something like that of some guy flexing or whatever, you know, like that they got their job done. Um, Send it back to them. Boom. Next day, next day. And then every single week we weigh in. Holds them accountable that way, right? If they're just putting calories in, they're actually not hitting those numbers Mm -hmm. or they're not entering all the exercise that they're doing because one thing we've challenged with is we have a lot of players that don't know what really what exercise is, mm-hmm. you know, they don't athletes. And that sounds funny because they're athletes, but athletes don't understand that they're exercising a lot more than they are. Oh, yep. well, we were just playing a pickup game of basketball. Dude, that's exercise. 
Yep. So you got to input that. So if you're losing weight, a lot of times these players, and it also gives them a good idea. These guys, I had so many players saying, dude, I eat so much. Okay, show me. Show mm -hmm. me how much you eat. Let's look at the calories. And so, um, yeah, but that, again, that's how we gain the weight. And that's how we monitor that nutrition side of it um, to this point. And it's been very, very, very useful. Um, we got to get better at it. I'm sure I'll refine it as we go. But that's mm -hmm. kind of like where we are on that side of thing. And I, you know, I, you know, obviously didn't have a high school coach that was monitoring my nutrition. Didn't have a high, we didn't even lift when I was in high school. So Dang. I did my own. I didn't do, we didn't even have a weight room. So these guys, when I tell these guys, like you're spoiled, like I didn't have a weight room and there was no coach that cared about my nutrition or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, so we went and worked on our own. I had a, I had a membership at like 24 hour fitness or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and I was in there lifting biceps. So I had, I had no idea, no idea. I wasn't, you know, doing squats and, you know, <laughs> like these guys, these guys are, you know, in here doing front squats and lateral lunges and, um, backward lunges and weighted carries and, um, uh, rack pulls. And I mean, all kinds of isolation deadlifts and all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. But, and they, and they have no idea, but yeah, the same thing too. Yeah. When I was in high school, no, mm -hmm. no, it wasn't. No. So in any case, that's some different things of different ways you can get better um, during the summer. I want to take this a different direction, Bo. Do you have any comments on any of that stuff before we? I want to spin it and ask you something different? No, I mean, I think that's a lot of great stuff that even if your coach doesn't do these things Joey's talking about, personally find somebody that can hold you accountable and, and do it that way. But no, I think it's all good stuff. Okay, so Bo, so – where I want to take this is I want to ask you this too. This is a, this is a side note mm -hmm. with social media. What do you think the, there, there's a, I, I just experienced a lot of coaches posting things like, look how great my kid is. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that's the best approach? Um, and then what are some other ways you think social media is mo more beneficial or if that is benefit again, what, what is your perspective on all that? I don't know. I mean, I think that, I think that promotion's good for players if they're worth being promoted. For me, when I was coaching and, and now when I train and uh, help kids on the side, it's more, I think social media should be a tool for people to get better, like you mentioned earlier. I'm not a big fan of putting videos of people on unless it's like you're tracking their progression. Maybe mm -hmm. you're, you know, let's say you're working with um, Tommy or, you know, somebody else and you post weekly progressions, I think that's great because you help, you're holding him accountable. As far as people trying to promote their players, it's okay. I mean, I understand why they're doing it, but I think it's, first of all, you have to make sure they're worth promoting. That yeah. might sound kind of harsh, but, yeah. um, you know, if all of us posted people that we did lessons with, I probably would unfollow a lot of people on my Twitter. Um, no, I mean, I think I think it's a good thing um, but for me, I think social media is should be more as a as a tool for to to help kids develop to get better, which I think is being saturated with people that are trying to showcase their abilities to produce players, even though the players they're producing maybe aren't quite up to level. I agreed. So I I kind of was actually processing this, and I kind of have an interesting perspective. That's why I wanted to bring it up, is I was thinking through this. And cause I kind of have a different perspective on social media. Mm -hmm. I, I, again, when a kid, dude, when a kid hits a bomb, look, they love being showcased. Like, yeah, I get sure. it. You know what I'm saying? Guy, guy, it's a tank dude, coach, 
put them on your social media, give them some daps, right? Yeah, do, do, sure. do this thing, like whatever. Right. And again, situational, I get it. A guy hits, you know, 30 directs maybe you know, maybe, maybe, maybe just put them all into one video. Um, but in any case, um, I also, I kind of have a thing too. I don't like when coaches only post, only post good swings and yeah. only post, um, and only post their good players. Yeah. That kind of bothers me. Um, and, 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 and the reason that that bothers me is because I more look at social media as first off, it's kind of like the thing too. Like when you, it's like, it's like when we put a filter on everything, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my kid never swings and misses. It's mm-hmm. almost, like, like, dude, like you, you guys, like I said, especially if you follow me on social media, you see me post guys swinging and with all the time. I, yeah. I post guys swinging and with all the time because that's real. That's, that's how practice is. Like, that's how our practices are. Like mm-hmm. guys swinging this, like when we're, especially not on game days, when we're not on game days, those guys are, those guys are probably successful 10 to 20% of the time. Yeah. Game days, a lot more. Like I, I would probably flip that on its head. Maybe I tried, I try to, I I've actually been pretty bad during the summer. I've kind of been make, I've, I've just been beating them up for a couple of weeks. So yeah. I need to, I probably need to switch that, that up a little bit more and let them be a little bit more successful. But my, you know, I kind of stole this from, you know, driveline is, as um, you know, one of the, one of the guys over there, it, not Jason, um, Max, I think his name is check. I think it's, I think it's Max Gordon. Um, but in any case, he, um, you know, one thing, you know, he's mentioned before is like, dude, you're, if you're here. Yeah. It's Max Gordon. So here you're going to get carved. You're going to get carved until you learn how to hit. Mm-hmm. And I like that. And I yeah. didn't have that perspective when I was a player. I, you know, it, Bo. I hated the machine, yep. hated the dang machine because I wasn't adjustable. Mm-hmm. I hated it. If you threw me BP at 45, I was hitting tanks. Mm-hmm. If you threw me, put me on that damn machine. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. I was, I was terrible. I'd be like, I make all these excuses. I would. And again, it's funny. I can sit back and laugh at myself now, make all these excuses. I'm trying to work on things. How am I supposed to work on things when this thing's changing speeds, every pitch and it's probably all this other stuff. That's what you're, the problem was, is that I was training to have a good swing and yeah. not to be a hitter. Mm-hmm. And we need to train to be hitters, yep. not to have a good swing. A swing is part of that. It's in the progression, mm-hmm. but the machine to me is really important. Like today we were, they were probably, man, this thing was doing a power slider. Probably. I don't know. It was throwing hard. I, all I know is I put it on there. I didn't even, I didn't even measure it today. I just put that thing on there and I was like, okay, that's filthy. <laughs> and I was like, that's it. It's hard. It's late and it's filthy. And it's mm-hmm. offset. I threw it. I threw it like from the side of the net. Like we were in a cage upstairs, from the almost from the the side of the cage and throwing it across them, breaking a power slider. It was a filthy, just mm-hmm. nasty. Not sweeping. That thing was just hard breaking slider slash curve, just mm-hmm. dirty. And so, um, you know, the reason I say that is, I think sharing and being real and authentic. Like, look, we train this way, and. With that being said, I'm not promoting it like, look how great I am yeah. or look how great, look, look how great of an instructor I am and you're not, right? Yeah. That's not, that's not why I'm post. I love sharing information. Hmm. And I just, you know, we were just, I was just tweeting back and forth uh, with 
Mike Rathwell and, and um, Eugene uh, Bleeker from 108. And, you know, one thing that I loved that, that Mike said was, I don't need to see everybody else losing to feel like I'm a winner. Mm-hmm. And I love that comment because that's the thing is I don't, I don't, I'm not posting to be like, look how great my kid is compared to your kid. Cause we all know, dude, if I give you a superstar athlete and you just post them all the time, you're going to look good. Yeah. Right. Like if I, if I, if I had a whole bunch of dudes that were just hitting bombs all the time, like that were, I just recruited, that's great. But I want to share, I just want to share information. Now, don't get me wrong. This drill might work for you. This drill might not work for you. My method of teaching might work for you. It might not work for you, but the information's not bad. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's what I see. I see more of social media as like, look, you know, this is what, you know, this is, this is more sharing information and two, Yeah. And certain times kids do like that stuff, dude. Like I, I do at certain points, like putting kids on there, but uh, you know, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people that, you know, I think that try to put a filter on everything. They only post things when it looks great. Everything looks gravy. Um, you know, everything's all shiny, you know, mm-hmm. and that's just not, that's just not real. And that's not, and I, I just don't think that's not, you're not really spreading truthful information because you should show your players in practice when they're actually grinding and they then let people see what, you know, pull back the curtain. Yeah. You know, let them, let them see what real athletes, how they train and how messy it is. Well, for and, sure. You know? Um, so I, I think that that's my perspective on it. You know, that's kind of, that's what I meant by them. Obviously if somebody hits a tank or somebody does something great, people love to get uh, recognition. Yeah, um, of course. What some I meant, people more than others, yeah. Exactly. And what I what I meant by not worth promoting, you might be damaging that kid more than helping him if all you post is his home runs because Agreed. his ego's going up. He's trying to hit home runs where I love the way you do it because half the time, like you said, you know, you got that machine cranking up and the Harold's head is pointing to left field because he's swinging and missing so hard. So I mean, I think it's awesome. You know, it's it's more of a realistic approach to to training and spreading information, um, which those are the people I'm drawn to on social media. But obviously people, you know, different strokes for different folks. People can use it for how they want. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my perspective on it as well. well. Yeah, and then and then, you know, one thing I love about the machines is I was thinking about this today is our guys do their prep work, right? You know, they do all their, their ball tosses. They do all their, you know, they all pick. I give them an, an array like, hey, you know, for these next, you got, you got, you can pick three things you want to do. I don't care what you want to do. As long as you can tell me why you're doing it and what you think it helps you with, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Go do what you want to do. So they all do their own little thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously I'll go ask some of them sometimes like, hey, you know, I think this, you know, maybe, you know, what did you feel last game? You know, kind of again, try to talk to them that way and see if we can get to a different solution. Um, but in any case, what I like is then we went and we started doing front toss. We started doing hitting off. I mean, they hit off the tee. They went to front toss, whatever. I started pushing the L screen around. Um, I wasn't, I, I, that's another thing. I stopped tossing to them. I yeah. like them tossing to each other. Um, I don't want, I'm, I'm pretty good at tossing. And I think that's the problem. I don't mm-hmm. want them to have consistent tosses, right? I, I want everything to be messy. So, um, I know I, I would have hated that when I was a player, but it probably would have made me a better hitter. Mm-hmm. So in any case, um, I, uh, push the L screen around sometimes when they're tossing to each other, I just push it to the opposite side of the cage and go toss from there, toss from there, and then make them do angled front tosses. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so some of these guys are crushing, right. Crushing when we're, we're doing front tossing. 
right? They're, they're doing these big old leg kicks. They're doing the, all these big hand pumps and they're just, they're, they're crushing baseballs. And I'm like, okay. Right. And then we put on the machine and that thing is throwing that dirty, that dirty pitch. And all of a sudden the pump gets a little less, the leg kick gets mm -hmm. a little less and they become mm -hmm. a hitter. Now, now my perspective is on that though, is I'd rather produce athletes and then tighten it up a little bit. Right. Yeah. Tighten up the pattern. They, but at first I got to develop the pattern. So sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, maybe a good, a big hand pump, a big leg kick, whatever. Um, that might, that helps a lot of guys over exaggerating, but I like mm -hmm. the machine because it tightens it up and it teaches them to be a hitter and not a, just a swinger or a showcase player or whatever, you know? Yeah. No, I think that's a good way to do it. That's kind of funny though. Cause the only way I could hit that thing was picking it up and pumping the yeah. hands. Yeah. And that was, and that was, uh, for you, um, again, that for a hitter like you, that's what you needed, but you had to learn that from VLO. Yeah. And, and et cetera. Yep. Right. So like, um, you know, if you would hit in the cage, maybe it would have been different, but it, it yeah. just hit in the cage. This call takeaway is sponsored by quality at bats. Don't forget to visit quality to further your mental approach to the game. Well, that was a lot of information on uh, summer training and, and kind of ran off in a couple different directions, but what was the biggest thing we talked about, Joey? Um, I think the biggest things is just uh, that I would take away from all of that is situational awareness. Um, understanding, you know, what's needed for what situation. I mean, I think that's what makes the professionals, the professionals and what makes good coaches, good coaches is not just having the information, but knowing how to use it, um, and knowing when to use it. So, uh, I think the biggest thing there is know what your player needs, come up with that developmental plan of how we're going to get you better and stick to that. You know, and know what that kid needs for that summer, that season, that whatever. And and don't be so quick, don't be so quick to to want instant results and change the swing just so he produces in high school. Mm -hmm. So you know, I think your job as a coach is to get him not where you want him to go or to produce how you want him to produce, but to get him where he wants to go. Mm -hmm. Kid tells you he wants he wants to go to Long Beach State. Your job is to develop that yeah. because that's his dream, not yours. That's his dream. Not to win a state championship. His goal is to go there. That's your job. Yeah. But I think I think that'd be the biggest thing I would say. What, what? How about you, Bill? Yeah, I think that's a big one. I think even even at the basics, you know, the foundation, guys, you players listening, that it's your career. You know what what you do this summer is going to impact you down the road. So, you know, you can have all these coaches holding you accountable. You can have Joey doing the mill stuff. But at the end of the day, you have to put in the work, and I think you have to take a look in the mirror and reevaluate what you've done in the past and what you need to do now moving forward. So um, always remember it's your responsibility, and, and at the end of the day, it's your career. So um, do what you want with it and understand, like Joey said, it's a process. You know, it's it's a long process of, of player development, and don't, don't seek instant results because you're not going to get them. So. Uh, take responsibility for your career moving forward and make the adjustments you need to make. Awesome. Yeah, no, it's good. Well, guys, as always, I mean, this is a great episode to this. I think this is a great one to share with players, um, coaches too, of course, as always. But I think this is a good one for players to understand, um, you know, kind of from a higher, from a higher view, you know, we've, we've been there, you guys as coaches have been there, maybe you're preaching the same message to them and, you know, they just need to hear it from somebody else. Well, great. 
That's what this, this is what this is for, right? You guys can share it with them. You can share it with other coaches. Um, you can share it with, you know, maybe you don't coach your own summer team. Share it with the guy that's coaching your summer team. Got to, you know, maybe we're trying to teach culture, things like that, or what things that you want to start moving forward to, um, different ways to monitor nutrition, all kinds of things that you guys can pull from this um, and, lay, and line up for maybe next summer um, or this summer. You still got half a summer to go. You guys could do a whole bunch of things, make a change today. But with that being said, as always, guys, share us. Tell us, tell us what we can do better. Tell us who we can get on. What do you guys want on? Uh, again, do you guys want to get on yourselves? You know, they never know what could happen. You know, if you think you can add some value in one way or another, reach out to us. We'll see what we can do. And as always, guys, stay tuned. Got things coming forward. Until next time, Farm System out.